Life Happens with Pinelo Mutine. Pinelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Thank you so much for staying with us. It's six minutes after two o'clock. We head off to Professor Beatrum Fielding, who's a Director of Research Development at the University of the Western Cape. He's also a virologist specializing in COVID-19. We we usually touch base with him quite often to just check on what is new uh, with regards to COVID-19 and, and what is now the latest thing to track. Thank you so much for, for making the time to talk to us, Prof. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Pamela. Good afternoon. So, Prof, let's let's delve into a question that has been a part of our conversation, our previous conversation before you joined us. The issue of bodies, dead bodies, and how they carry the virus. If somebody had died of COVID-19, would that virus still be alive in a dead body? Prof? A dead body? Hi, can you hear me? Now I can. Oh. Um, yes, the virus would still be um, uh, uh, in the body. The virus could still be infective. I've not seen uh, scientific studies confirming that yet. But if we look at other viral infections from the past, um, bodies have been a source of infection. Um, remember, if, you, if you're in contact with fluids or air from an infected person, whether it's a body or not, there is a potential risk. Um, so the, the risk outweighs the actual viewing of the body, in my opinion. Mm, okay. There was something that was released yesterday. Uh, now, it's, I can't see it now. Where it, NC, NICD uh, released some little update yesterday around how do we better protect ourselves with the new variant. And one of the things they were saying is that we need to upgrade our masks. Should we be getting... Um, more protective masks, would you say? You know, this is a very interesting conversation. Um, I think in the end, um, it will frustrate us more than than anything else. This virus still spreads exactly the same way. It spreads via larger droplets and aerosols. And I think we should have the conversation not about using better masks, but uh, the conversation with the population that we should be wearing our masks correctly. since the beginning of the pandemic, there's been. I'm not sure why we keep breaking um, up there with Prof. Prof, are you back? All right. Okay. okay. Are you back now? Yes. Can you okay. hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so since the beginning of this pandemic, there's always been papers reporting on the type of mask and what is more effective. What all of them have in common is that if everybody wears a mask, we really minimize the spread. So yes, yeah, obviously the more effective the mask is, the better. But the conversation I think we need to have first is to have everybody wear a mask. And, and let's focus on that first. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> it may sound simplistic, but if we could do that, um, there would be you know, a better chance of us being protected alongside social distancing. Pamela, you will not believe the frustration I have when I see people in malls um, not wearing masks, ignoring social distancing. It's as though we have no pandemic in South Africa. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know what the solution is. How do we get this message across? 
I, I spoke to somebody yesterday that said they went to um, on holiday over the holiday period to a different province, and they're from the Western Cape, and they were almost mocked and looked at strangely for wearing masks. Yes. I you know, that, that. Is, that, that is shocking to me. Yeah. I, I really don't understand. I don't know how to get the message across yeah. differently. No, I, I've heard that. In fact, um, I was quite annoyed uh, seeing a group, and I can almost assure you that the group was more than 50, but um, a group of runners who who just think that it's okay because they're outside and they're running, that they don't have to have masks, and, you know, because they're running, somehow they are safer and they're healthier. It, it just boggles the mind. Um, and you see, so that's one of the worries. If you're running outside on your own, it makes sense. Yes. That, you know, that, but in a group yeah. with vigorous activity, yeah. you're expelling more air, you have droplets that's being expelled, so there is a, a, a slightly bigger risk. Mm. It just does not make sense what we're seeing. Prof, are, are symptoms changing of this new variant? Fortunately not. So symptoms still appear to be the same. The risk for each of the age groups of the studies that I've seen all appear to be the same. It appears as though in certain studies this virus is more effective in getting into, into the host cell. And, and we need to keep in mind as well that the virus is getting into the host cell is not as something as simple as one protein interacting with another protein. There's very complex uh, changes to the structure of the viral protein in contact with another host protein. So it's a very complex process, but fortunately we're not seeing um, changes in symptoms um, that I've seen reported yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the Moderna said um, its current coronavirus shot can probably protect people against the variant of the disease first found in South Africa and the UK. Are we likely to have that that conversation around adjusting these these um, these vaccines that are coming our way because the virus keeps changing and it's 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 well I don't know if it's changing enough but are we likely to have those conversations about the vaccines not being adequate for the the variant that we have? We will have these conversations all the time. Some of these uh, vaccines, the ones that are approved, are known as neutralizing vaccines. So it is meant to interfere with the interaction or the binding between the virus protein and the host protein. So you can see if you interfere and prevent attachments or binding between those two, if anything changes, it could could interfere with the interference. So yes, we will. Um, And that has been part of the problem with a previous coronavirus vaccine development. Um, The challenges are still... Huge. In animals, yes, we do have vaccines for coronavirus, but even there, there are challenges. Mm. So as a virus mutates, we will continue having this conversation, yes. Let's take a voice note, Prof. Somebody wants to ask you a question. Good afternoon. It's me, Francois, here from a sunny Durban. Um, my question is to the good old doctor. Okay, um... Are we protected when we go in the taxi, when we wear our masks? Because some of the taxi drivers and some of the taxi uh, passengers doesn't even have masks and I don't adhere to the social distancing um, from the government. Plus my girlfriend is also uh, asthmatic. Um, what, what could it be? Sure. Prof? So unfortunately, this is the challenge. 
if we do not adhere to physical distancing, we do not wear our masks, there will be a risk. So you will see that we have said if people share um, transport, make sure there's adequate airflow so the windows are open. Make sure everybody wears a mask. Make sure that you sanitize your hands. But before and after use, the taxi is also sanitized. You know, all of those measures are in place. We need to keep in mind whether it's a taxi or not, whether you're wearing your mask and there's physical distancing, there's never a 0% chance that you could be exposed to the virus. We are at all cases with all measures in place trying to minimize the risk of infection. Unfortunately, if these things are not adhered to these um, interventions, then the, the risk does become much, much bigger, unfortunately. Hmm. Prof, can we talk about children? We are now getting ourselves ready for children to go back to school. I don't know whether this is verified by yourself or not, um, but whether the children are more susceptible now to being infected by the virus. Is, is that true or not? So, Pamela, uh, please keep in mind, uh, when, when I speak about these things, I speak based on scientific yes. data. Yes. And, and that's why I could say something this week, and a week later yeah. I could say something different because, you know, then it's been, it's been debunked or not. Mm-hmm. I have seen some studies that initially claim that kids are more at risk. I've now seen other studies that have said, you know what, we're not seeing a drastic increase in, in, in the number of children that, that's infected. So I think that is debatable. Why in South Africa are we seeing more young people being infected? Is it the new variant? Is it the, the, the parties and the big groups? Is it not wearing of masks? That must still be answered. So in South Africa, yes, I do think I have seen anecdotal reports that kids are more, in, uh, more infected. So we've always said from day one, kids can be infected and they can spread the virus but the risk of developing severe COVID is extremely small. And I think we are still at that point now. So, so nothing really that has changed from what you have said before? I have not seen any new studies debunking it. There are, like I said, there are some studies that, say, that are claiming yes. Mm. We are seeing more um, young people. Others are saying, hang on, maybe it's not about the new variant. Maybe mm. it's about uh, changes in, in behavior of these people. Mm. So, so you see really the entire spectrum. And until you go out into the community doing testing, very, very few of these answers can be conclusively given. Mm-hmm. Some voice notes coming through. Oh, good day. It's uh, Anonymous from Durban. I'd just like to ask the Honourable uh, Professor, is it feasible for gyms to be open? Because I've been to numerous gyms and they are not adhering. People are running on the treadmills without face marks. I understand it's difficult, but as you said, it's spread through droplets. So if you take your mask out in the gym and run on the treadmills, your lungs are expanding more, which will allow the virus to affect you quickly. So could you advise on the on opening of gyms? And number two, can the virus come through our uh, the eyes because our eyes has got new mem- membranes and our eyes are not being protected thank you uh, good afternoon and the prof uh, i need to ask prof the question i heard him complaining about people uh, exercising in a group uh, without a mask in the public uh, what about soccer players on the field uh, they are in group without mask is it is it okay with the soccer players and the rugby players 
that. Thank you, then. Hmm. Prof, the, the first question was very interesting around uh, gyms and the lungs yeah. expanding. Yeah. So I think all of these, uh, both of these questions, Pamela, uh, sounds very similar. Mm. It's about uh, people exercising. Um, and is the risk bigger? Yes. If there's uh, more air expelled, more droplets out of the mouth, there is a risk. It's that balance. How do we return to some form of normal and protect the economy? Unfortunately, I'm not an economist. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't have to answer these very, very difficult questions on the economy. But where's that balance? Um, and that's why when we first decided or first said that the beaches were going to close, as I said, but that does not make sense. How do you close the beaches, but the, the malls and the gyms and, and those things stay open? Because the risk outside is much smaller than inside. Mm. So, of course, there is a risk. What do you do as a, as a, a visitor to a gym or a soccer player or a rugby player to minimize the spread to others, to minimize that risk? I believe that soccer and rugby players and athletes are tested frequently. And um, so, so I know that they are screened. And I think that's the best uh, protective, protective mechanism for them, including those intervention um, measures that are in place. Hmm. The, the call also asked about eyes. Yeah. The eyes, once you touch an infected surface and you touch your eyes, that's how it's transferred to the eyes. So the sanitizing or the washing of the hands, uh, is really the way to protect the trans the eyes from infecting it or transfecting virus to it. Hmm. All right, let me take a quick break. I'll be back. I see you, Errol, and I also take some of the voice notes coming through. Here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> SAFM 105.2 FM in East London. All right, Prof, let's take some uh, voice notes coming through for you before... No, let me do this. Errol, thank you so much for calling. Hi. Okay, can you hear me? <laughs> yes, Errol, it's Pimela. How are you? Go okay. ahead, go ahead, Errol. Um, what I want to know is wearing a double mask, would it give you more protection? Mm-hmm. And if, if a mask can protect, protect the virus from going out of your mask, why can't it protect it? Uh, the virus from coming into your mouth, your mouth. Okay, that's an interesting question, Prof. Me? Yes, I did hear you. Professor so, Fielding? So, the more layers you have, um, the more protected the protection there could be. It will raise a very valid point. Mm. That, and that's why we've always said spreading, minimizing the spread of the virus is only f- effective if the infected person and the healthy person wear the mask, mm. so you prevent the virus from moving out and the other person prevents it from coming in. So a very valid point. Everybody should be wearing the mask, not just the, not just the, the ill person. Okay. Let me take some voice notes coming through, Prof. Uh, good afternoon, Pimelo and the Prof there. I'm uh, speaking to Danisa. I'll just want to ask... Uh, is it advisable uh, when I'm driving, let's say I'm driving, I'm a truck driver, I'm driving alone in a truck, is it advisable for me to put my mask on? Uh, thank you, I'll listen on my radio. Thank you. No, no, this is anonymous in South Africa. Uh, I'm not running using a mask. You, you can run using a mask. Uh, I'm not going to put on a mask when I'm running. I'm going to have my mask, but it's going to be below my nose. So 
so I think some people are just talking out of their minds. <laughs> they are not practicing what is happening. They are not really running. If you are running and saying you always have your mask on, then you are crazy. Yeah. That's you and me. Hey, Prof, that's you and me who's crazy. What he's missing is that he could do that on his own, but if he's in contact with other people at close proximity, it's dangerous. And, you know, anonymous, you can do that if you want. I was just going to say that, Pamela. So, so I run as well. If I'm on my own, I also actually. I don't. I don't wear a mask um, because there's no reason. You know, you can't infect anybody. There's nobody yes. around you. Yeah. But th there is a risk of of others around you, and we should keep in mind that there are scientific studies that, especially um, endurance athletes, long distance athletes, mm. typically their immune systems are are weaker. Um, so really? Just, yeah. Just be careful. That's, that's interesting. What they take, that's why they take supplements, etc., and immune boosters, etc. Just be careful. Are you, they really? Are the immune systems weaker? I've seen some very good studies. Uh, yes, um, long endurance athletes. Yes. That is so interesting. So, I mean, I think just also there is a distinction. No one says that if he's alone, he must put a mask on. What exactly. We are, what we are saying is that if you are in a group closely together, you are going to get infected. And he can sit without his mask if he doesn't want to. But that's the reality. And that is um, the answer to the first caller as well. I think it was Denisa. If you're on your own or with family members that lives with you in, in, a, in a vehicle, you don't need to wear your masks. If you're with people, I think in the Western Cape, they call it you outside your bubble uh, from the Western Cape Department of Health. So mm -hmm. people outside your living, your living environment, mm -hmm. then wear the mask because then you protect them and you protect yourself. All right. Let's go to Pulukwane. I think it's Mlachani. Mlachawe. 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 Hi. All right. I'm fine. How are you? Go ahead, sir. Yes, I want to ask the doctor. If I can argue with someone when I am angry, my mm. mouth becomes very dry and it becomes very bitter. This thing started, I think, in 1999. <laughs> but if I can argue with the people when I am not angry, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this thing started in 1999, so if I can go to church... You must stop you, arguing, Blacha. Yes, you must stop fighting with someone. people. Yeah, no, 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 no. If I can argue with someone and I'm very angry, my mouth becomes very dry and bitter for inside. No, you so must I don't stop, know what is the problem. You must stop being angry. Hold on, hold on, for prof. Hi, prof. You're but when I'm not angry, I can argue the whole day, nothing happens. Stop being angry. I mean, I mean it. Prof, your comments. Well, anything that drives out the mucous membranes could place you at risk. So I, I think the, the caller should see a, a conflict resolution expert. So that he protects himself even more. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he doesn't, he really must stop being angry. I mean, he, exactly. he keeps emphasizing the point that if he shouts and he's not angry, nothing happens. If he's angry, <laughs> something else happens. We've got a voice note coming through. Hello, Kathy. This is Rumisan from Cape Town. I just want to ask the prof. My question is, prof, is it true that the vaccine... The corona vaccine will be taken every year like a flu vaccine is it true just want to know about that because i heard some people saying the vaccine will be taken every year so is it true about it uh good day there uh and good day to all the listeners uh understand the the, the topic of uh masking all but the issue is that people can some people can use a mask 
three or four days in a row without washing it. So how how does it help when you don't even uh, keep it clean? Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> this is hilarious. I've seen people like that. <laughs> I've seen I've, I've, like unfortunately, that. I've seen as well. And then I just give them a very wide berth because <laughs> that mask is like a different color. In the yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I feel that uh, I think we need to start emphasizing as well that you need to clean your mask. That's a very, a very good point. <laughs> and then there was a, a question I think beforehand. Um, that was a, that was a very valid question. Uh, that's yes, a, uh, the uh, vaccines that's a, every month, every that, year. That is a topic of discussion worldwide now, and we really do not know. Mm. We have discussed this before, and I've always said if you look at SARS and MERS, two thousand and three, two thousand and twelve. Um, immunity seems to disappear after a year three. Those are the antibodies. And in the white blood cells that also play a role, could be anything up to five, six years. Uh, some of them have been reported to 12 years. Mm-hmm. If we do see the same, where the antibodies and the white blood cells for these vaccines wane and disappear, we will need it again, yes. There are now start, uh, more and more speculation that even with natural infections, the immunity is not against this virus, is not what it should be. Mm. If we see the same for the vaccine, then yes, we would need, maybe not every year, but maybe every two to three years. It is too early to tell, and that is part of the problem with rushing a vaccine through, mm. not taking the normal eight to ten years, mm. because those type of answers you would really get in that eight to ten year study. Mm. So we're part of that eight to ten year study now. We'll only know later. Yo. Okay. And and so you speak a lot about immunity, Prof, and I want to pick up on that quickly because um, I asked you earlier about immunity. You said something about, you know, some studies referring to people's immunity who are long distance runners not being that strong. You spoke about it now. Just from a scientific point of view, uh, what can we actually do to boost that immunity? Pamela, Boost your immunity with the vitamin Ds, with the zinc, with your vitamin Cs. There are some natural medicines that boost immunity as well. The the strange thing with this virus, and we're only getting to understand it now, not in all cases of weak immunity do we see people become severely ill. Mm. People still become infected. Mm -hmm. But we are not 100% sure why certain people with weaker immunity only become infected but never severely ill. Others with weak immunity become severely ill. We really do not understand. So in all cases, I would, I would advise, take your vitamins and your natural medicines to boost the immunity. Keep in mind that it will not protect you from getting 100% from getting the virus. Mm. And, and that's a very important. It's not a cure. Mm. It is giving your body a fighting chance yeah. to prevent infection. Here's a last voice note. Yeah, I always oh, who say who says his mouth becomes bitter? Ah, Pamela, in for it. He can just keep quiet to avoid the bitterness in his mouth. <laughs> Bye-bye. But I shall must just not be angry, man. Otherwise it's gonna be fine. <laughs> you must just relax, relax. You mustn't be angry all the time. <laughs> Thank you for the great show, my sister. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Prof, let me ask you to pause there for a second. I've got to go to the headlines. I'll be back with more after this. It's 2.30. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM. 
105 FM in Mukopane. Oh, hi, Prof. I just want to ask about um, a business, like an open organization. Um, the numbers, um, since we're on um, alert level 3, how do the numbers work? Is it a 50% in the department or 50, uh, 50% within the entire building? Because what's happening in my company is we are more than 100 and something in a department, whereas in the whole company we are like, I think, 800 and something. So they divided the number according to the company, but not according to the department. So I want to know how does that work? this 50% regulation, does it also apply to businesses? I just want to know that. Interesting question. Uh, Prof, um, would you be able to respond to that? Pamela, I, I unfortunately do not have the answer for that. Mm. Um, I think that is something that the caller needs to take up with the Department of Health mm. and the Department of Labor. Mm. No, I think, um, I think then, they would, then they would get a more conclusive answer. Yeah, but I mean, logic would say that what they're trying to do is the, the whole idea about the regulation is to minimize contact yeah. with people. So if you, if you take as an example, universities at one point last year were told that one third of yeah. people could return to universities. Yes. Yeah. That one third had to include students and staff mm. um, because, like you said, it is to minimize the risk of spread. All right. Prof, I, we've got one other voice note coming through. Hi, hi, Pamela. This is Mike Funo in Devon from Clermont Township. So tell me, should I still kiss my girlfriend or kiss my wife with this disease? Uh, if I find like a new girlfriend, should I, should I just kiss her or not? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Clement is doing looking for new people at this time. I mean, like... I don't understand. You should have your mask on, Clement. I mean, Prof. Clement, the more people you kiss, the more people you'll infect. This <laughs> virus, this virus spread by by droplets. So rather than go around kissing anybody if you're infected, please keep on your mask. I don't think he should be meeting anybody. I think he should. I was stick. very worried that he used wife and girlfriend he, in one in see, one sentence there for me. This is it. He's he said his wife. And then he says, oh, if, he meets, if he meets a new girlfriend, you see, and that for me is where the problem is. I think he's got bigger problems than a mask. But thank you so much, Prof. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Have a good day. Professor Vitram Fielding is a director of research development at the University of the Western Cape, a virologist specializing in COVID-19.